Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 and good morning i'm gary randall thank you so much for joining me today it's wednesday march the 31st 2021 in the year of our lord today on march 30 31st 1931 notre dame college football coach if you follow football at all you would know his name newt rockney one of the great leaders of men not just a football coach. He was killed in a crash. TWA plane went down in Kansas. Today in 1880, the first electric streetlights ever installed by a municipality were turned on. Where do you think that might have been? Which city? New York? Nope, it was Wabash, Indiana. (laughs) I don't know why Wabash, but it was. Today in 1889, the Eiffel Tower in Paris officially opened and lit up. Today, in 1917, the United States took formal possession of the Virgin Islands from Denmark. We bought those islands from Denmark for $25 million. Today, in 1918, daylight savings time went into effect throughout the U.S. for the very first time. Today, in 1933, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Emergency Conservation Work Act that created the Civilian Conservation Corps. Or as President Obama said the first year he was in office, then he got it figured out and didn't say it anymore. But when he would see the word corps, spelled C-O-R-P-S, he would say corpse. As President of the United States, I just have to say this because I happen to see it. He was doing a press conference shortly after he'd been elected president, and he was talking about the Marine Corps. And he said, and we'll call on the Marine Corps if we have to. Great commander-in-chief he was. Anyway, he created, Franklin D. Roosevelt created the Civilian Conservation Corps. No, Corps. Today, 1968, is the conclusion of a nationally broadcast address in Vietnam. President Lyndon B. Johnson stunned listeners. They weren't prepared for this. He declared, quote, I shall not seek, I will not accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. And today in 2009, Benjamin Netanyahu took office as Israel's new prime minister after the Knesset approved his government. This week is Holy Week, as we all know. Last week, Palm Sunday, this coming Sunday, we celebrate Easter, the risen Christ, We've been following what Jesus did during that week in between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday from Scripture. A lot has been written about Jesus outside of Scripture, but we're not paying much attention to that. But we have been following it in Scripture from the Gospels. Interestingly enough, there's nothing said in the Gospels about what Jesus did on Wednesday of that week today. There's no record in the Gospels. But there was a lot of activity going on behind the scenes, and it was was primarily involving the Last Supper. And Judas 
was making his deal with the Sanhedrin. They were preparing to arrest Jesus. But Jesus remained in Bethany today, and it's not recorded that he did much of anything. He just stayed there. Tomorrow, the activities begin to explode. Everybody was busy on Thursday. We'll talk about that a little bit tomorrow. President Biden is in uh, Pittsburgh today. He's presenting his $2.25 trillion package, as he calls it, that would, if passed into law, increase the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. That would affect all of us, either directly or indirectly, not because we're corporations, but a lot of money flows through corporations into the hands of executives and workers alike all across the country. Do you know that the 28% that he is advocating for is more than communist China's corporate tax rate on the same activities in the same companies at 25%? President Trump had lowered the tax from 35% to 21 Now Biden is going to propose today that it be raised to 28 That will be more than the communist regime in China charges companies. That's kind of stunning, actually, at least it was to me when I, I kind of knew that, but when I saw it this morning, the proposal would increase the global minimum tax paid from about 13% to about 21%. This will have an effect, and it won't be positive, on, on, the, uh, on the world, on the, the globe, but it will also have a negative effect on America. But it will seem like it's a good thing because they'll just print a bunch of money and it will create jobs because he's talking about infrastructure and one thing or another. But it's interesting that we should know, and I'm not going to talk about that today, but we should know that in that is a, a, a environmental justice budget. The environmental justice budget is about kind of pursuing Bernie and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's new Green Deal. He's not adopting it 100%, but, but many parts of it. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, is very aware that he's not adapting all, adopting all of her plan. And so she's out there tweeting today, and newspapers are covering it, they're reporting it, both conservative and the far left, uh, the Post, the New York, uh, Breit, Breitbart, others are, are, are uh, publishing what she's saying today. And she is basically saying that he's lacking urgency, that President Biden is not presenting this with enough urgency, and it's not nearly enough for the justice of the environment. So we'll see how that plays out and where that goes. But that's that's what we elected in the last elected election. Or I don't know if we elected them or not, but they were elected by somebody. I still think there was a lot of fraud in the last election that's been covered up pretty much for the most part. The people that were talking about it have been silenced. And so here we are. And this is just, there's more of this to come, unfortunately. But God knows and God is in control. Sometimes when we see things happening in our communities, our family, our world, there's a moment of confusion. I mean, we can pause, even the most committed Christian can pause and say, man, 
does God know what's going on? I mean, does is God aware of this? I mean, we know he is, but we can pause. And I, I just picked a, two or three verses I'd like to share with you today. If you've had that feeling or if you have it, you will have at some point because we're flawed. Even though our faith is strong, there are moments when we say, man, is why is God allowing this? To, or is God aware of what they're doing? And we find even those kinds of thoughts in the minds of people in recorded scripture. But Psalm 40, 48, 14 says, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Proverbs 16, 3 says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. In other words, just keep doing what the Lord has told us to do, and your thoughts will be established. Your thoughts will follow your deeds, your works. We're not saved by our works, but we are sustained by our works. Psalm 37, 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And one more, Psalm 31, 3, says, For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy name's sake lead me and guide me. And God will lead us and guide us as long as we keep our focus on the Lord and stay in the word of God. There's a million, a trillion voices out there today, and they're saying all kinds of things. Some of them are weaving biblical truth in with Eastern mysticism, New Age thought, and all the rest of it. But if we'll just stay focused on the Word of God and trust the Lord, keep doing what the Lord has told us to do, you're going to be just fine. Just don't let Satan blow out your light. Or poop it out, as we used to sing in Sunday school. For those of you who went to Sunday school a long time ago. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Don't let the devil, I think it was the second verse. As a kid, I grew up singing at the, I didn't even know what it meant. I didn't even think about the words. Now here I am, over 40, and I still remember those words. And so do a lot of you. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. One of the verses says, don't let the devil it out. That's what we did in the church I grew up in. Anyway, We didn't say blow it out. We said it out. But I think there's a truth in that that should remain in our hearts as we live in these very, very tenuous times, perilous times in our culture. The Washington Post broke the story this week that the Biden administration and private companies are working to develop a standard way of handling credentials. Credentials? Yeah, vaccine passports. COVID-19 passports. The Washington Post explains, and I'm quoting from them, the effort has gained momentum amid President Biden's pledge that the nation will start to regain normalcy this summer. And many companies, they say, will be requiring vaccine passports to enter their airplane, store, whatever, place of business, restaurants, whatever. So there's a problem, and we have to solve it. That is the narrative. But would being required to carry a passport as an American citizen to move about in our own country, would that be normal? No, it's not normal at all. 
it's normal for some countries where I've spent time in the past as in missionary work. But no, it's not normal for America. I want to take an honest look at this with you this morning. Just lay it out there. You may disagree with some of what I say. You may not. I don't know, but I hope not. But I hope you'll listen. I've thought, given this a lot of thought, and I, I suspect you have as well. But let's just take an honest look at this new normal that President Biden is promising. Remember when Ronald Reagan said famously, he said the most ter- nine terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government. And I'm here to help. Well, the Washington Post says Biden's coronavirus coordinator, Jeff Zients, I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, his name, first name is Jeff. He'll be announcing updates in the coming days. The effort to create normal has a name, and it's called the Passport Initiative. It's needed. They say it's urgent. They say This week, the White House declined to answer questions about it, though, because a couple of reporters tried to get the press secretary to talk about it. He said, no, no, they're not going to talk about it. Our role is to help ensure that any solutions in this area should be simple, free, open source, accessible to people both digitally and on paper and designed to protect people's privacy. That's all they said. The passport, the Washington Post says, are expected to be free and available through applications for smartphones, which could display a scannable code similar to an airline boarding pass. Americans without smartphone access shall be able and should be able to and will be able to print out like passports, the developers say. So you can have a piece of paper or you can have it on your phone and just scan it. But you will have a passport, according to our government. A physician is telling the Washington Post, quote, and knowing that people coming back to their businesses are safe and vaccinated would be a great scenario. And can you imagine this? Of course you can. The World Health Organization also thinks it's a great idea. World Health Organization-led effort, a digital pass devised by IPM that is being tested in New York State as we speak, Rapidly moving forward, even as the White House deliberates, not on whether to do this or not, but how to present it to the public so it doesn't cause the public to bolt out of fear. They're admitting that. They're deliberating on how best to track the shots, the vaccine, and avoid the perception of a government mandate to be vaccinated. They're not worried about forcing you to do something. They're worried about the perception because perception drives reality. They know that. Other countries, we are told, are racing ahead. I'm quoting, are racing ahead with their own passport plans, which the European Union is pledging to release digital certificates that would allow for summer travel. Free software is said to be available by April. April is tomorrow. 225 other organizations are involved with the Mayo Clinic, Microsoft, names like that, particularly Microsoft. Bill Gates is really into this. Many of whom have agreed to use the digital codes 
being made available by Microsoft and others. They're already setting the stage of, with the digital codes. So if you don't have one, there's going to be some things this summer, according to Biden, that you won't be able to do. Officials from participating companies, even NASA, are already addressing the confusing array. That's the words they're using. This confusing array of efforts underway from all these different companies, 225 different organizations. They're suggesting that we skip over the national aspect of this, including NASA, but all of these 225 other organizations pretty much have weighed in on this. And they're suggesting that we, no, 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 they say it's going to be really confused. Europe's doing their thing, we're doing our thing here, and all these other countries, and China and Asia and, and all this. What we need to do is to globalize it, and then it will take off the stress, and it'll take off the confusion the confusing array of everybody doing their own thing. That's what people like NASA, like Microsoft, like Mayo Clinic, a diverse group of hundreds of voices and organizations, corporations, are saying, no, we've got to streamline this because it's not fair to the people if we continue with this all this confusing array of efforts. Biden is being counseled that if public perception becomes that of seeing this as a government initiative, it won't succeed. So they are working hard to keep it as though it is a very naturally evolving occurrence that no one should object to. And no, the government doesn't have anything to do with this, except they're driving it from behind. One slide in a government presentation says, and I'm quoting from it, and interestingly enough, the Washington Post published this, and they would be in favor of this, I can tell you. So I'm not sure why they did this, because they normally don't, but they did. But this one slide, in a, in a like a PowerPoint presentation type thing, the government, the, the presentation says, and it's a government-created presentation, says a chaotic and ineffective vaccine credential approach could hamper our pandemic response by undercutting health safety, slowing economic recovery, and undermining public trust and confidence in the government. Well, there's not a lot of trust in the government today, at least among the folks I know, including me. So the Biden administration is driving this vaccine credential initiative, as they call it, while driving the effort to appear not to be involved. Let me talk to you about how I see this whole thing. Now, this is me. And you may not agree with all of it, but at least listen up, consider. Carrying documents to prove that you've had a shot. This is why this is so, it's dangerous. Because there is some justification for it in my mind, and I'll tell you why. Carrying documents to prove that you have had various shots is not a new idea. It's not new to me personally. It's not new to you as well. But it's not new to me, and I'm speaking just personally here. It's not new to me because not only have I been through some things, I was around very, very young during polio and all of that kind of thing. But I have, in during... The period of time in my life when I was traveling, and I mentioned this often, it was very transformational to me, just seeing the world, not as a tourist, but 
as a mission missionary. I wasn't a, like a full-time missionary, but I was involved for a number of years in building churches primarily, but a couple of Bible schools, the uh, Mission of Mercy, a hospital. We raised over a million dollars in that project in Calcutta, India. Dr. Mark Montaigne, we were working, helping him, working for him. A lot of other people were helping as well. But in, in all of these experiences, we built 149 churches all over the world, started them and gave them to the people there, that the congregation, raised the money here. And so I was in that context. I was in all these countries. And I've seen so much during that period of time, not, as I said, as a tourist, but from the, from the other side, behind the curtain. And I saw the dictators that ran those countries, very oppressive, and they put all kinds of, of restrictions and oppression on the people. Some of it was cloaked as, you know, like, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. And these little dictators would run around in their limousines while these people were out there sweating, digging ditches, trying to create some kind of a life for themselves and their family. And I was with those people not the dictators. So I learned how they think and where they're coming from. And I also got a good look from behind the curtain at these various governments. So keep that in mind. But during that period of time, I don't know how many shots I got. I mean, like, I don't know, maybe a hundred. I don't know. I Everything in the book was poked in my arm. It was either that or not fulfill what I felt God wanted me to do it during that stage of my life. So I would go in and roll up my sleeve and boom, Somebody would stick a needle in it. Some of the stuff was so powerful it about knocked me out. And I was very young in those days. I mean, it was powerful stuff. Whether it was yellow fever in Africa or some disease I'd never heard of in some Asian island somewhere. I don't know. But during that period of time, I had to carry these documents to prove to enter that country that I had had all those shots. I don't know why they cared enough about me to want me to get the shot, but they did. And that was true for everyone in those days, and it still is. So I was carrying a lot of documents around proving that I'd been giving these dozens, (laughs) felt like a thousand sometimes, very shots to enter each country, particularly the third world countries, so I could start, build, expand Christian churches. This was all over the world. I felt God had called me to that, so that was part of the process. It didn't bother me. But here's the difference. I wasn't concerned about the country taking an inordinate role in my life because I had a plane ticket and I was leaving there at some point, sometimes within a couple of days, sometimes a longer period of time. But even though those governments had already done so with their own citizens, I didn't live there. I was visiting. And the people who lived there, whether it was in Africa, Asia, Central America, wherever in the world I happened to be, they always lived in some degree, often great degree of fear and and bondage, and they were being tracked. And this was before the Internet. This was in the 70s. Government oppression, sometimes unthinkable oppression, was put on those people. We've never seen anything close to that here in America. But we are standing on the threshold of where these people in office now, and I understand they were elected, supposedly, but these people want to push us to a place that America has never been before. And I think the question that we need to be asking ourselves today, collectively, is do we really want to walk down that dirty, dark path? Progressives never stop progressing for their agenda, which is about personal power. 
not your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's not what this is about. That's nonsense. We all know that. Ocasio-Cortez wants us to be the most socialist nation in the history of the world. So does Bernie Sanders. And they get up every day with that one agenda item to push it politically. And they are pushing it. And they're pushing Joe Biden, who is essentially incapable of really doing his job. And the, the handlers, the people around him, whether it's Kamala Harris, vice president, whether it's Bernie and Ocasio-Cortez, Elizabeth Warren, and all those ex- far left, insanely far left people, they're all pulling his strings. And I don't say that disrespectfully. It's just a fact. I've watched this carefully, and so have you. Do we really want to go down that? This isn't about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's about a power structure that does not agree with what America is, what America was founded to be. They do not agree with the principles, even though some of them claim to be Christians. But they don't agree with the Judeo-Christian values upon which this nation was founded. And it was founded on on those principles. No matter how much they've tried to cancel our history, the documents are still housed in buildings in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere. These guys wrote letters. They're on the record. They took notes. They passed legislation. And they really did build America on the basis of God's word. Our laws are from the codification, primarily by Blackstone, of the word of God from the Old Testament. That is the basis for our laws. Otherwise, why is murder illegal? There has to be a basis for that. Why is stealing illegal? Well, you know, it almost isn't anymore, but burning cities and buildings in Seattle and Portland and elsewhere, I guess isn't so much, but it should be. We say it is. Well, what's the basis for that? It's the Bible. It is. These guys didn't just pick this out of the air. The Ten Commandments. So a nation built on that needs to guard our sensitivities to these kinds of actions. As the Biden administration has already acknowledged, they're committed to reshaping the narrative and the perception of this credential initiative in order to address our conservative concerns. Their efforts are also designed to push conservatives who are not planning to get the vaccine toward doing so. You can expect that effort to be ramped up in the coming days. It started on MSNBC yesterday. They were asking the question in anger, what would Jesus do? This is on MSNBC, NBC's channel, news channel. Joe Scarborough is on there in the mornings. He called people resisting the government overreach lunatics and idiots. In other words, anybody that's not going along with the government is, is a lunatic or an idiot. He then invoked Jesus, saying, those who are not doing everything to prevent the spread of the virus, all the stuff that you're supposed to do, are doing the opposite of what Jesus taught. He told his conservative and evangelical Christian viewers, whom I don't think were many, if any, he said, you you had to be stupid. You had to believe the stupid guy, that's Trump. If you still believe in God, maybe you should get on your knees and pray and ask why it is that your thought system, that your belief system has been so corrupted that you'll follow uh, QAnon, that you follow conspiracy theories, that you believe liars or Facebook instead of believing the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. This is coming from NBC. So in other words, you're not being fair to Jesus if you don't follow the government. 
I have more to say on this subject, and I'll, I will continue this a little bit tomorrow, and so we'll talk a little bit more about it. But thank you so much for being with me today. It's always an honor. I'll see you right here tomorrow.